Good morning. Welcome on this Wednesday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined in yesterday, on Tuesday, and we were talking about the word that is near thee, or nigh, unto your unto your mouth and even in your heart, Romans 10.8, what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So Paul says that is what they were preaching, the word of faith. But in verse number 9, it says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart thou shalt that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, the word confess there is a very interesting word. Uh, I use both uh, Thayer's and Strong's uh, concordance to get a, a definition of it. And this will help us understand a little bit. It's actually made up of two words. Uh, and those two words form this definition. It means to say the same thing as another. Well, the only another is God. He's the one that said it. So that means to say exactly what he says in his word. The scripture says, let the weak say I am strong. Well, if God says I can say that, even though I am weak, I can say I am strong because I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That word, according to Thayer's definition, means to agree with, to assent. It also means to concede. It means not to refuse, to promise, not to deny. Remember Jesus said, if you deny me, I'll deny you before my Father. But if you confess me before my father, uh, I mean before uh, men, I'll confess you before my father and his angels. The word also means to confess and to declare. So here are some of the things that the word says uh, in connotation with something negative. It means to confess, that is to admit or to declare one's uh, self-guilt of what one is accused of. Of course, when we sin against God, then we are guilty and we confess our sins. That's in a negative connotation. But in a positive one, it means to agree with what another has said. In this case, it's God. But the scripture also does say in the book of Matthew, in chapter 18, verse 19 and 20, and it basically says, If any two of you can agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask of my Father, it shall be done for them. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So once again, it also means agreement. If we're going to agree in prayer, it means we're going to say the same thing. We cannot agree in prayer and say, Well, thank God I believe that it's done. And then the other person say, Well, I hope so. That's not agreement. That is actually a disagreement. To agree is to accept and assent to what the other person has said. But it's not a mental thing. It is something that you believe with your heart. 
The word also means to profess, to declare openly, to speak freely. It also means, and here is, is, is a real powerful one, because we're going to see this in the book of Hebrews a little later, to profess oneself the worshiper of one. To, pro- to profess, that means that you praise, you celebrate, you worship, you are literally using your mouth as an instrument of agreement. You are agreeing with God. Bless the Lord, O all my soul and all that is within me. Forget not any of his benefits, for it is he that healeth all thy diseases. See, he healeth all your sicknesses. He forgives all your sins. When I say that, and we say that, we are agreeing with what God says. But when I constantly say, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, then we are agreeing not with God and what He has said. We are agreeing with our own selves and what others are saying about ourselves. Our agreement must go in hand in hand with what God has said. But praise is the highest form to celebrate openly with our mouth is to offer unto God true sacrifices of thanksgiving. Now, the strong concordance, it also uses the word uh, to assent, and that is to covenant. Covenant is one of the most powerful words in the Bible. We find both the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, or it's called the New Testament and the Old Testament. Covenant held the highest level of commitment to one another. It also means, the word there from Strong's, it's confession, it, it, or, or, or profess, to acknowledge, to confess, to profess. Confession is made. Give thanks. Even promise. So all of these words identify the word confess. And that is what we read in the book of Romans. It says that if thou shalt confess, agree with what God... In this case, it says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now that's a very powerful word there. The Lordship of Jesus is... That means he is master, he is ruler. I am submitted unto him. My allegiance is to him, my obedience is to him, to him and him alone. With your mouth you're making this confession, and it's not just an assent with your mind, but it means with your whole heart, you're already willing to lay down your life for him. And remember, that's exactly what in the book of Revelation happens in chapter number 12. It says that they overcame him with the blood of the Lamb. They overcame him with their testimony, with their witness, with their confession. And they loved not their lives even unto death. That means when the commitment has already been made, everything else follows. Serving him, praying unto him, worshiping him, giving to him. And everything else that follows is because we have confessed Him as Lord. That means He is possessor and owner of my life. 
according to the book of 2 Corinthians, we have been bought with a price. We are not our own, but we belong unto him. So that's the first part, confession. It says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe. Now here, this section here, it actually involves quite a number of scriptures. If thou shalt believe in thine heart, what are you going to believe in your heart concerning salvation? If you're going to believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There's a lot of people that refuse to believe in the resurrection. There's a lot of people that refuse to believe in judgment, God's judgment. There's a lot of people that refuse that there is a hell. And because of that, of their refusal for this, then that means that they deny the bodily resurrection. And they also deny the judgment. Therefore, it is impossible for them to be saved. But if we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, see, that is what you're going to believe in in your heart. If you believe that God has raised him from the dead, then that means there is a living hope that on judgment day or on the resurrection day, I will also be raised. You will be raised. All of us will be raised. But some unto the, the judgment of life and others to the judgment of punishment. So we must believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. But equally, confession has to be made with the mouth also. So it's a combined thing. It's almost like the heart and the tongue are connected when it comes to faith. If you sever that connection, faith cannot function. But it doesn't stop there. There's other scriptures. According to 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, it says, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of Jesus. We should believe on the name of his son, Jesus. Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. So once again, we are told that we should believe. In this case, is not believe that God has raised him from the dead, but believe that the name of Jesus is the name above all names. It is the name of the Lord. It is the name of the authority that has been vested into him in heaven, on earth, and underneath the earth, and everything that is alive and that moves, whether in heaven, on earth, or beneath it, is subject to that name. So we believe on that name. But also we are told in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, it, it adds another little phrase to it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. So now the little phrase is baptized is added to it. Now, we've already discussed before in our teachings on baptism. A baptism does not save you, but it is part of an open expression, acknowledgement, and assent to that you have believed that Jesus truly, as he died and was buried and resurrected from the dead, I follow his pattern by dying daily, submitting to the water, being buried, being raised up out of water, being 
as a form of the resurrection. A new man has arisen out of there because of Jesus Christ not only has saved me, washed and cleansed my sins, filled me with the Holy Spirit, but because I am a new man, we are a new individual. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So let's, t- let's tie the tongue to this a little bit more. In Matthew 12, 36, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I can guarantee you that it is only when in the heart there is an abundance of faith. There is an abundance of confession of the word of God. There is an abundance and overflow of what Jesus has done that the heart just bursts in praise and confession, acknowledgement, saying the exact same thing that God has said in his word. It flows out of an abundant heart, but at the same time, a heart that is filled with anger, bitterness, uh, it's filled with wrath, a heart that is filled with jealousy, with content, with anger, then if that heart is filled with that, which it should not be, not for a believer, then that's what's going to come out of the mouth. And if that's coming out of the mouth, that goes to show you the condition of the heart. We need that heart cleansed. We need the valves and everything uh, in it and the arteries uh, all cleansed out because it's being plugged up. It's getting ready for a spiritual heart attack. It needs to be cleansed by the word of God. And then Jesus taught us in Mark eleven twenty three something else to believe when we speak. For verily, verily, I say unto you that whatsoever you shall say, or whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now we can connect this with the book of Romans. Confession and the heart. It says that Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, what's your mountain? If you say to it, be removed and cast into the sea, and you don't doubt it one bit in your heart, but you believe that it will come to pass. There's the key. Believe that it will come to pass. It says, he saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. For it says in Romans 10.10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And that word salvation there, it means to rescue, it means safety, to be delivered, uh, health, uh, to save. So basically, God is telling us that that salvation for us comes and is involved with the heart and the mouth being in 100% agreement. Well, join us tomorrow as we continue discussing this as our mouth and our heart will either get us out of the pit or Take us directly into a pit. Until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. Jesus is coming soon. Be prepared. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.